Ryan Reese. This is Live with Ryan Reese. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. What is happening, family? Another Saturday night on Live with me and my good friend, Nathan Robertson. What's up, dude? How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm glad that you're out here, man. All the way out from New York. Yeah. Yep. We uh, came out this morning in a snowstorm. You know, 15, 20 degrees. We got off a plane and it was like 80 degrees out here. It was great. Paradise. <laughs> dude, that is insane. That That's the one thing with like the East Coast or, or just everywhere that gets weather. When you grow up out here in, in California, being in those environments are gnarly. And I guess, I mean, when you guys grew up in the East Coast, you're just kind of used to it. Yeah, we're used to all the different seasons and stuff. So, But when you're out here, it's like 80 degrees every day, and then all of a sudden it rains. You're like, oh, my gosh, we better not go out and drive. We're going to get in a car wreck. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what? Everyone's crashing. Yeah. A little bit of rain. It's it's uh, it's crazy out here. But, um, no, man, thank you for, for being on the show. And the fact that you got on a plane at 6 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And then, dude, those red eyes are gnarly. And then uh, here you are. Yeah. On the show. Well, thanks a lot. You know, I know that you have a church out in, uh, tell me where the church is and what the name of it is. We're in Wappingers Falls, New York, which is about an hour and a half north of New York City. And uh, the name of our church is Chapel Falls Christian Fellowship. And it's epic, and I've been there. Um, right, right when we first got saved about a year after, I think it was 2009, when the Whosoever's Movement started, you were very instrumental in um, launching the tour. We launched a U.S. tour. Yes. And we hit the East Coast, and you were... The ambassador for the East Coast. You, yep. you had us come out there. We went to your church. We actually, we, yeah, we spoke at your church, but we did an outreach outside of your church. Yeah, we rented a uh, an area which was a which was called Casper Kill. Um, so it was a public area. Um, we had about five hundred plus kids come out to that mm-hmm. event, um, and I think about sixty or seventy, you know, committed their lives to Christ that night. And then from there, we went to New York City and then to New Jersey. It was, uh, it was amazing. It was amazing. And if you want to actually see the footage, it's actually in our uh, three, Whosoever's 365 movie. Um, Damien, uh, Damien, Nathan is at the beginning of it talking about this vision that God gave him. <coughs> on, um, how, tell us about that vision that God gave you. Yeah, um, it was before the Whosoever started. I was at a conference, and uh, you and Sonny were there, and I had a dream. Um, That's right. During the conference, uh, the dream was is you and Sonny were going into a burning building. And I think Sonny was the one who was going down mm-hmm. um, into this really dark, smoke filled area. And he was yelling to you, and he was bringing these kids up these stairs. And these kids were covered in absolute, you know, gray smoke. Every kid looked just solemn gray with just you know, sad faces and they were just barely walking out and you were taking the kids from him and then walking them up into, into daylight. And, uh, it was, you know, it was just, uh, it was, it was amazing. It was surreal. So what year was that? Um, that would have been the year that you guys announced the whosoever's at that West coast conference, pastor's conference. Um, I've smoked too much marijuana. <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, but we did. I, that had to be in 2008 because 2009 is when we launched the Whosoever's Movement to the ma- to the mainstream. Yeah. Um, it was it was August 29, um, 2009 is when we launched it. So and that conference would have been in June. 
So maybe it was hey, June. so okay. So no, it was okay. So it was early, yeah, two thousand nine. So we just released it, dude. That is crazy. That reminds me of that that verse in Jude, uh, Jude one twenty three, where it talks about snatching them out of the flames of fire, yes, and even hating the the the, the, the clothes that contaminate them, and how we if we're gonna reach this generation, or if we're gonna reach people. I mean, bottom line, it doesn't matter if you're not into like crazy party lifestyles. Or if you're just a doctor without God, you're still subject to the to hell, yes. to the flames. You're you're on the highway to hell. But we have the message of the cross, and the beauty of the cross, and the attraction of the cross is that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and that life that we're living, if we turn to Him, He will give us eternal life. And that's the most beautiful thing that you and I have, and us believers have, is that we could tell these anyone that God loves them. He has a plan for them. And by accept them as your Lord and savior, that your path will now lead to eternal life. And I love it. And that's what the whole movement is about. And God showed you this, 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 or gave you this dream, which is actually in the video where he's talking about it. And that's where the whole movement started. We started on the East coast and started traveling. And I remember when we were in New York by your house, we went into, I think it was our hotel, our receptionist. She was a white witch. She yes. was in a Wicca. Yep. And we just started talking to her, and she actually came to the event, and she actually got saved. That yes. Night. Yeah. It was it, people were getting saved everywhere. People were getting saved when we were in the van driving around. That people were going around with us. Um, Wait, just, yeah, who was that? I get, uh, Maddie Matt. Maddie Matt. He was he was actually a, a practicing Jew. Yeah. And he found he gave the, his life to the Lord in the van. Yeah. The guys who were there were guys there <laughs> who were working the soundboard and stuff who were who were coming around and assisting. That's at the right. end of the service came up and said, "I don't know Jesus. I need him in my life." Guy crying at the altar. Jeez. It was crazy. People were people were coming to faith everywhere. That is the that is the book of Acts. Yep. You know. I don't know how it's been for you, and I know it's probably been very extremely similar because I know that you're a man of the spirit and faith, and, and you you live it, and it just happens around you. But ever since I found the Lord in 2009, and I and I started like putting myself out there to be able to speak mm-hmm. and stuff, I feel like I've been living the Book of Acts, yeah, constantly. Yep. And that whole trip when we were out there, it's like the Book of Acts was just happening. People yeah. were getting saved. Yep. People were getting baptized. I mean, the whole even that Hell's Angel, uh, Jeremy. Yeah, remember he was going to actually enlist in the Hell's Angels. Yep. that night, and I don't even know how it all happened, but he ended up coming to meet us at your church yep. in the back. Yep, and we we led him to the Lord that night, and he was supposed to enlist in the Hell's Angels. Yeah, yeah. There was there was just story after story um, from each event that we went to that people's lives were being touched and. That people, you know, it, it was amazing because people were just coming forward just by the movement of God's spirit mm-hmm. that they experienced, you know, the, the love of Christ and they, you know, wanted the forgiveness of Christ and they wanted a new future. They, they were done with the old life. And um, it was just amazing because there was no gimmicks. There was no theatrics. There was mm-hmm. no it was just people coming up and proclaiming what Christ had done in their lives and people responding under the influence of God's spirit. It was amazing. I think sometimes, what do you think about this? I think sometimes that we can make it too complicated. Yeah. You know, because you have all this study. You're, you're, you're mm-hmm. People like you and myself and people that are rooted and grounded, there was so much study. Like you were just telling me about the, you know, the, the uh, Revelation Church in, in chapter two. You know, that's some deep study right there, which yeah. you were telling me about earlier. But um, we don't have to complicate it when we come yeah. to let, lead, lead people to the Lord. Yeah. You know, Paul says, I'm not going to come with come clever speech. I'm just going to preach Jesus Christ crucified. Mm-hmm. And it's the simplicity of Jesus 
dying on the cross and raising on the third day, and whoever by believing in him by faith will be saved. Yeah. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's so simple. Yeah. Like when I go to these high schools and stuff, people are like, oh, these kids, they're so cynical. These millennials, they have a 20-minute uh, attention span, this and that. And it's all just like what Trump would call the fake news. Yeah. It's the enemy putting this in people's minds that these kids are unreachable. Dude, I go and preach the cross, very simple, and, dude, people get saved. Yeah. It sounds like foolishness to some, but it's that sweet-smelling aroma yeah. to others that are being saved. Yeah, yeah. I remember um, when I came to Christ— you know, I came out of a Jewish background, mm-hmm. um, and our families were uh, survivors of the Holocaust. And um, you know, growing up from from a Jewish background, my mother, uh, you know, in her early twenties, met my dad, who was a Gentile. She got pregnant out of wedlock, and um, that was terribly shameful to you know a Jewish family. So she did not return home. She went missing. Um, and eight and a half months into the pregnancy, you know, my dad was a very abusive guy. He had uh, beaten her and thrown her out into the street, and she called my, you know, my grandmother and said, I have no place to go. I'm about to give birth, and so they told her to come home. I was born, and, you know, by the time I was three years old, you know, my father beat my mother critical, um, and so my grandmother threatened him and said, if we ever see you again, we'll have you killed. I never saw him from the time I was three. And by the time I was five, my mother got into prostitution. You know, being a single mother in the Bronx trying to make it mm-hmm. was almost impossible. So she got into uh, prostitution and, and beggary. And I want, uh, I want to add yeah. something because this is like for the listeners. There's many girls out there right now that are single parents. Yeah. That are maybe if they're not prostituting, there are some that are prostituting. Yeah. But there are a lot that are. Strippers. I know a lot of friends that are strippers, single parents. Yes. And in yeah. this, it's the same thing. Yeah. You're selling your body. So this is very common even in this generation. There's a lot of yeah. fatherless kids. Yes. And there's a lot of single moms that are trying to make ends meet, and they're desperate, and they'll do whatever, just like your mom did. Yeah. Because they want to take care of their kid. Yeah. And, you know, it was, you know, by the time I was five, um, she was institutionalized where she is to this day. Um, and the trauma of being that, little person, you know, being that young boy and seeing all of that, you know, was, was definitely traumatic. Um, you know, and then from there, my grandparents took me, I went to Hebrew schooling. Um, I would graduate Yeshiva University High School, um, in 1987. And how I came to Christ is, uh, I was working as a lifeguard at a YMCA. And in 19, you know, when I was 19 years old, I was done with religion. You know, I was done with Judaism, um, even though I had studied the Old Testament scriptures in Hebrew, I was bar mitzvah in Israel. When I was 19 years old, I was done with Judaism. Did I, you become an atheist? I just didn't know what I believed. Mm-hmm. But um, one of the problems that I had is my grandparents would not allow me to talk about my past. So, you know, I had an alibi. And my alibi was is my father wasn't around because he was in Israel and business and you know, with my mother, some of my grandparents were, so I had all this stuff pent up in me because, mm-hmm. uh, and I was, I was living, you know, a lie, yeah. um, just to make us look like we were, you know, righteous people. And, um, so by the time I was 18 years old, and I graduated high school. Um, I was done living a lie. So I said, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to live anymore. Judaism. I don't really believe in God. I learned about God, but God was historical yeah. and not personal. So I couldn't relate to God. 
And uh, while I was working as a lifeguard at a YMCA, there was a, a Christian school that would swim there, and a teacher from the school came and began to talk to me about Jesus. We learned that Jesus was a false religion. He was a false God. He was a man. So, you know, we didn't pay any attention to Jesus. And, um, but he was a sneaky guy. So he said, I have this, uh, martial arts film. <laughs> he knew I was a martial. I was into big into martial arts back then. Yeah. And, uh, he says, I got this really good martial arts film. I said, Oh yeah. What's it called? He said, fury to freedom. He goes, there's some good fighting scenes in it. He goes, you're probably going to like it. So he goes, come over to my house, meet my family. We'll give you dinner and watch this movie. So I went to his house and watched the film, and it was the testimony of your dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was like watching my life on film. And to see how God touched his heart and changed his life, it yeah. was the first time at that moment that God became real to me, that God cared about my situation. And driving home, you know, that night on my way home, you know, I, I asked Jesus to come into my life because I was so hurting and I was so angry. And um, I needed forgiveness, and I needed to forgive others. Yeah. Um, and it was just, you know, th- that began my walk with Christ. Well, if you're uh, tuned in, you're listening to uh, Live with Ryan Reese. I have Nathan Robertson in studio out here from New York. And you know what? It's hard for Jew to get saved. Yeah. Because they have, there's like blinders. The yeah. scripture says there's like blinders on them. So that's interesting. I mean, you were pretty much a hardcore practicing Jew. Yeah. And then yeah. you watch this movie. And the Holy Spirit comes through the movie and pierces your heart, and then here you are driving home. That's 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 pretty gnarly because I have a lot of Jew friends that I, I've been that I talk to, mm-hmm. and you know, and they're just like, like blinded, like there's there, there's no room for them. It's pretty amazing how God does still save, absolutely saving the Jews. You know, yeah, you you know it's you know I'm, I'm probably I hope nobody's offended by this, but you might be. You know, if if you're from a Jewish background, mm-hmm. is that. Um, you know, today the, the the Jew of today is really a um, a person who follows a religion, and so they are a people who knows that the holidays, the festivals. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of them have a very pure uh, financial life. They have uh, homes typically that have been stable, but there there is still um, a lot of adversity in the homes. They still go through a lot of the same issues, but there's unfortunately there's this this concept that if they do more good than bad as long as they're good outweighs their bad, that they're doing okay. And so they have this self-righteousness system. That's a tradition, right? Yeah. That they, so, that they created. And so they, they, you know, have this, this mindset and that, that gives you a, you know, a, a perception that, you know, that you're perhaps better, um, you know, than others or that you're okay. You're not as bad as everyone else. And, um, but the real bottom line from, from, you know, living in the core of, mm-hmm. you know, of probably the most religious Jews, um, of our time is a lot of those homes are really broken and a lot of those families are really living a lie. They went through divorce. A lot of kids are really struggling with, with marijuana and pornography. A lot of yeah, the same things like everyone else like is. Everyone else, yeah. It's just a mask. And let me tell you, they all need to know Christ because Christ is the one who came to deal with, you know, all of the falsehoods. And, and I think that's what was so offensive to the religious leaders is they thought, hey, we have our act together. And, you know, and Jesus came and said, you know what? You know, there's two, you know, Jesus, they look at Jesus as a a religious figure, but he was not a religious. He came to restore relationship, you know, and to bring forgiveness and to bring love, you know, into the families. And, um, you know, I think that you you couldn't be more of a Jew 
in your life, you know, for anybody, this would go for any person, mm-hmm. that when you come to Christ, you've met the God who truly loves you and died for you and gave his life for you. And be, you become more fulfilled and completed. And listen, all of Judaism is fulfilled in two laws. And the number one law is that we're to love the Lord our God with all our heart, our soul, our strength. And number two is that we love our fellow man. On the basis of those two laws of loving God and loving your fellow man, all of the law, 613 laws, are fulfilled in that. And it's simply the law of love. And, and, you know, being a Christian, you know, people say, well, well, you know, what makes Christianity different? And the main difference from Christianity from all other faiths is all other faiths are trying to reach God. And in Christ, God is reaching you. Boom. That is it. But for some reason, people want to feel like they have to do something. Like they want to do works. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, when I tell people about Jesus, they just feel like, well, you don't have to do this. You don't, they think it's like all this like rules and regulations. It's like, no. It's God reaching down to man. He died for us. All you have to do is say yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's that simple. That's right. So amazing. It's so, it's so interesting, too, that when you go to Israel, too— you know, atheism, atheism is huge in Israel. It is. I mean, you go to Israel now, you think like, oh, man, this is going to be it's super religious. They have like the Jerusalem area that's, you know, they got the, you know, the, it's super religious there. But you leave outside of there. It's there, too. But you go outside of there. And I mean, it's like you go to a lot. It's like party town. You go to. It's shocking. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the gay to movement's to there. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's like party time. It's like the, it's like the world, you know, yeah. big time. So. But um, God loves His people, and He's gonna He's gonna do His thing there. Yeah, it, it, absolutely. You know the, I was just thinking. You know, as you as you were sharing that that, um, you know, concerning you know works in our lives, and people say, oh, you have to do this, you have to do that. Um, you know, the Word of God tells us this is that we are saved by God's grace. It is His free gift to us, mm-hmm. not of works. And so, what happens is, is we're saved, even if you were the thief on the cross who would die in the next couple of minutes, if you sincerely turned your life to God and asked him to forgive your heart, your life, that he would forgive and Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. That's grace. There's no, there's no work that that guy could have done to have saved himself. And so that is the grace of God. It's a free gift. What works becomes in our life is after we've come to Christ and we love God, we want to do for the Lord. We mm-hmm. want to live right. We're tired of living in on drugs and alcohol and anger and, and bad language and filthiness. I mean, you get so dirtied up in that stuff that, that you know, you're depressed. You're, you're just, you're out there. I watched my mother just shrivel down in her life. And um, that's not what God has designed us for. The Bible tells us that God has designed us for good works, you know, to be in a, a good relationship with him. And we, and so when you come to Christ, you know, all of a sudden the works that you do, it's not because you're trying to, you know, be a, a good spiritual yeah. person. Yes. It's the, the effect of God filling your life that you want to serve him, you want to do for him. It's the natural course of the work of God's spirit in your life. And you know what? We're not, we're not perfect, but we are a work in progress, and we continue to progress in our walk. It's funny because I was with a couple of my friends recently up in L.A., and they're like, yeah, so, you know, it's, you're, you know you're, you're trying to give back for all the bad you've done. You're, you're doing all this good stuff. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. the way, like, they look yeah. at it. Yeah. Ryan's, you know, touring high school, speaking to the kids. He's... You know, they, 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 I don't even know if they teach, they know I teach the Bible, but they're like, yeah, and those seminars you do, but that's like videos or stuff of me at church, you know, yeah. speaking, they think they're seminars, <laughs> but it's cool. <laughs> it's like, that's like the, you know, that's yeah. what they see as, 
But um, I want to tell him, I was like, dude, it's not, I'm not trying to do all this stuff because I'm trying to be a good person. It's the effects, like you say, it's yes. the effects of the Holy Spirit. So God sends his Holy Spirit down from heaven when we ask him into our lives. And the effects of it is the fruits of the Spirit. It's like this transformation in our life. We, we, you have the Holy Ghost in you. And with that, with the ghost in you, it just transforms. You just, it just comes out of your life. You can't explain it because it's a supernatural, yeah. it's a supernatural uh, uh, work. I think what is was very powerful about you know just just knowing you is that it's not a message of try to be a good person, try to be a better person. You in in your testimony pull the curtain aside, and you out of everyone know what it is to be in the depths of the worst time of a life in drug addiction, alcohol, to literally be on the the edge of the cliff of going into hell, of having even demonic mm-hmm. experiences. And when you share that, there are young people who are in that very same place who've never heard this before, who are thinking suicide, my life mm-hmm. sucks, I have no future. And, and God is using your story to touch the hearts and lives of people that are going through the very same experience, if not most people, you know, that are there, that are willing to really be honest about their lives and are saying... Uh, I've never heard this before. I've never heard someone talk and, and go deep. In, and that's what the Lord does. God knows our hearts, and he, he will pull back the curtain. And uh, that's what going to the cross was about. So he could identify that he can have compassion. And then you share what God did, how he laid hold of your life, and then you laid hold of him and the future. I mean, I look at what God has done in your life. Um, from He saved you from from the pit of hell. And you are sharing what that experience was like. You are sharing how God saved your life. And to see now that you're, you're you know, married, uh, you have three beautiful children, how God is using your life no longer for destruction, but for salvation to save mm-hmm. other people's lives. I mean, if people don't get it, it, you know, they should. I mean, I don't see how you can't get that, but what a work of God. And you know what? God has a plan for everybody's life, no matter mm-hmm. where you're at. This is not just a, an isolated incident this is this is god has a purpose and a plan for every person's life every person that's listening right now no matter what mm-hmm. no matter what you're going through right now maybe it's not drugs and suicide and alcohol abuse maybe it's something completely different maybe you're even just struggling with your 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 sexual preference your sexual identity or maybe you're caught up in this bad marriage i mean it, it could be a million different yes, things yes. greed lying cheating you know Loneliness, Loneliness, bad relationship, whatever it is. Anything. You analyze, do inventory on your life. What is it in your life that you are tired of and you're tired of going through? Jesus Christ is the key. It's very simple. I mean, what you didn't talk about, uh, Nathan, is that you are a martial arts, like, expert, champion. Yes. I mean, you weren't, like, about to kill yourself. I mean, you were, like, at the top of your game. Well educated, um, karate what karate champion? Yeah. Tell me, tell us about that. Yeah, um, I got into the martial arts. Um, you know, growing up, I had a lot of issues. I was in inclusion classrooms, psychologists, psychiatrists. Um, you know, I would run. You know, I may not beat you in a fight, but I could surely run and outrun you. And you know, uh, if you were chasing me, so um, <laughs> just in case, just in case. Yeah. But uh, when I was uh, about in seventh grade. 
um, anti-Semitism was huge in New York City. And they had sent a Israeli martial artist, um, someone who trained in, in a martial art called Krav Maga, mm-hmm. to our it. school. And he began to train us in the seventh grade, every dream class in Krav Maga. And as soon as I, God really used that in my life because as soon as I started to learn martial arts, uh, my confidence began to grow. Kids began to respect each other um, in the school and people stopped, you know, picking on each other. And it changed the whole dynamic of the school. Um, And all of a sudden I realized I don't have to run anymore. I don't have to be afraid anymore. Um, I stayed once I left uh, eighth grade into ninth grade in the martial arts. I got into Kung Fu and Taekwondo and Taekwondo became a primary art. Um, and in 1988, I had won both the NASCA and PKL championships. So I was a two-time national champion mm-hmm. um, by the time I was uh, 19 years old. And uh, later on in 1998, I won the ATA World Championships. Um, in 2001, I won the Forms and Sparring World Championships. And then uh, I, in 1990. I think it was 1999, I was asked to be the coach of the U.S. Army martial arts team at West Point, where I worked with them there, was the head coach there until um, 2007. That's amazing. Yeah. And God used, I mean, God used the martial arts because even with all of the education and, and martial arts training, that didn't help, you know, all of the hurt and pain mm-hmm. and memories and the bad relationship I had with my mother and, you know, my misconception of people. And it didn't deal with all of that. All it could do is just try to calm me down. But it took someone to go into my heart and to repair those things in my life. Well, it's just like people that, you know, they figure, well, if I just have that beautiful girl and I just had that house and that car yeah. and that big fat bank account. And maybe if I could just become a millionaire or whatever – well, guess what? I have a lot of friends that have all those things, and you're still broken. You're still empty. And there's nothing that will fulfill that that, that yeah. empty void and that brokenness in your life but Jesus Christ. Life is tough. Yeah. Life is – it gets hectic. It does. And you think, oh, maybe you know, if I could just get married, then, then I'm going to feel content. And this, then you get married, and then it gets more complicated. <laughs> and then you have kids. Yeah. And then it gets more complicated. Yeah. But this is life. This is the progression of life. There's, it's a beautiful thing when you have Christ because when you do go through hardships and, and storms or tribulations or struggles, whatever you want to call it, you know when you have Christ, when Jesus is your Lord, that he's going to walk with you through these times and he's going to be there. And we know that all things work together for good for those that love Christ according to his purpose. That means all things work together for good in your life. According to Christ, or all things work together for good for those that love Christ according to his purpose. So if you love Christ and you're following him, then all things work together for good for those that follow him. But if you're not following him and you're saying, my life's a mess, well, it's like you're not in the will of Christ. So you can't blame God. And I was the king of that, Uh, you know, well, not the king of it, but there was a point in my life when I lived like, you know, a crazy life. And I got this, I fell in love with a stripper girl and we, we, we were going to get married and she aborted a kid. And then months later she aborted a set of twins and this whole thing. And I blame God, Mm -hmm. God, why, how can you do this to me? Maybe that's you listening right now. Maybe you're going through a tough situation. You're blaming God. God did not put you in that situation. God did put me in that situation where, where like I'm having sex with this chick and drinking and partying. And now she's aborting kids. That was me. 
being out of God's will. If I wasn't God's will, I wouldn't be living in that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be in that situation. Yeah. That's the whole thing. We're going to be going to break here in a minute, Nathan. But, um, you know, this is Live with Ryan Reese. And if you want to find out more, if you want to get our archives, uh, radio shows, or you can even get archives of Shine Bible Study, you can go to ryan Reese. Dot com. And if you want to get some of our Whosoever product, you can go to the Whosoevers.com. We're on social media. We got the Kill the Noise tour. We're touring public high schools right now. And basically, we're setting up a full sound system and stage right in the middle of the quad. The kids come out. We play for them. Everywhere we go, dude, the, I mean, the majority of the kids are getting saved. You know, they're like I would say over 90% of the kids are confessing that Jesus Christ is the Lord. They're inviting wow. Jesus Christ in their life. We're giving them a Bible from the Gideons. It's the Gospel of John. Um, and we plug them in. We get them on our radio show. And uh, we are seeing an f- influx of uh, people coming to the website after we go to the school. So God's doing amazing things. And if you want to be a part of it, you can even donate if you want. Just go to the whosoever's.com. You could donate to the cause. My goal is to tour the whole United States one day. That, that's a big goal. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I could hit all the high schools in Southern California, and that would probably take like 10 years. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah. You know, whatever God wants to do, hey, yeah. if, we, if we need to take Jerusalem, if we need to take yeah. Southern yeah, California, I'm down, you know. Yeah. But um, that's what we want to do is we want to hit every public high school and reach into those kids and give them the cross because that's the only thing that will change their lives. Yeah, absolutely. It's the simplicity. It's Jesus Christ crucified and raised from the dead. All right, boys and girls, we'll be back in two minutes. More live with Ryan Race coming up. Is everything all right? Sure. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I speak for the entire administration when I say... Now, back to live with Ryan Reese. Don't say what I warn you. Loud noises! We have Nathan Robertson in studio from New York. We, hey, we're, we're actually on your guys' uh, airwaves out there. Yeah, you sure are. Bridge Radio. Yep. So how does it work with Bridge Radio? Is it... Um, is it, is it like six different stations or something out there? Or is it- yeah, there's a, a number of stations that cover uh, New Jersey... Yeah, that covers uh, parts of New York, and they are in the process of having an antenna that is going to be to New York City. I that heard is about major. That. Yeah, so that's in the works, and that hopefully uh, will happen soon. Didn't they release like where it was going to be? It, um, they did. So I know I'm not quite sure of the location, but I know that it's a New York City antenna, and it will broadcast you know full blown into the all city. of New York. That's, yeah. that's millions of people. Yes, millions of people have the opportunity. That's insane. Yep. So good. We are looking forward to being on in Manhattan. Yeah. A lot of people need Jesus there. And we're we're on it late night, too. So we'll be up on it like around, I think. Well, if we're on it here, 12. So we're 12 to 1 over there in the East Coast. Yeah. New York, they say, is the city that never sleeps. They don't sleep. No, I love, dude, I love yeah. being on the radio late because the yeah. people that are listening at this hour, they're either yeah. going out to party yeah. or they're on their way back. Just depends <laughs> where they're at. Yeah. <laughs> So sick. Well, dude, I mean, let's, you know, the, the last uh, 30 minutes of the, the show, let's just talk about, you know, wh- like where your heart's at, you know, with, with where God has you right now. What's he doing in your life? What do you, what do you see what's happening with culture? Just, you know, I know there were some situations that happened not too long ago where 
um, a high school student like committed suicide. I think it was a college student. Yeah. College student. Yeah. So what what happened with all that? Um, you know, I I see right now the the biggest thing that I think New York and I will say specific of the county that we're in of Dutchess County that's been on the cover of our newspapers is heroin overdoses. Really? Uh, yeah. So we've uh, in our church we've had. Um, five different families over the last six months um, that have lost a member of their family to a heroin overdose. And just to be clear, you're not in Manhattan. No, I am. I am an hour and a half north of Manhattan. It's outside. a very nice neighborhood. Yes, like as in, it doesn't look like there's crime. Correct. It's and then yep. we have we have five families within that area. Yeah, that we have one of the highest heroin uh, usages in, as far as I know. Um, it's one of the major major problems in New York State is our area. Crazy. Yeah. And um, I went to visit, you know, a couple of the kids who overdosed as they were dying in the hospital, um, you know, with their families and um, had to do a couple of the funerals uh, for these families. Some of their parents, you know, continue to come to the fellowship. Uh, so heroin overdose is is huge right now and also contemplating or those who are really battling suicide. Um, you know, one of the, you know, we, we had a young person in, in college who was an elite athlete, a major university, um, who took his life, went on the George Washington Bridge and jumped off. Um, and just, you know, we're seeing right now is is – you know, with that particular young person, um, the thing that I saw is that they are so indoctrinated in school that there is no God. This this uh, young person was so highly educated, the top of his class in science and math. He had a six-figure job. Uh, as soon as he graduated school, he was the lead of his track team. Um, and so people were scratching their head, you know, why? You know, and... His dad had shared with me that he was battling whether there was a God. He actually told his dad that he has discovered through the formulas and stuff that he was doing that he wrote in his journal that there has to be a God. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's such – it's you know, in the United States, the first book of our public school system was the Bible. Hmm. And when people said, we don't want the Bible in school, you know – in the, in the 19, before the, you know, when we come to the 1960s, kids knew there was a God. They knew God so loved the world. Yep. They knew that they were created for a good purpose. The Bible taught to honor their parents. It taught them to be honest, not to lie, cheat, steal. It taught them how to have a good relationship. It taught them how to have a family. It taught them, you know, great principles. We threw that out the window mm-hmm. and taught them that, you know, well, we now believe in, in evolution, that you're an accident. There is no God. There is no heaven. There is no uh, you don't need all of these rules and guidelines for your life. You live the way you want to be. You do what you want to do. And we remove the most important thing that they need to learn from their life. Uh, is Number one is, is they are fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. They are created for purpose. They are created for good. We replace that with you're an accident. Um, and so these kids believe that they're worthless, that there is no reason to live. If I ruin my life, you know, it's not going to make a difference. And, Who cares? And they, right. Yeah. And so this leads, uh, you know, I think a, a lot of people to, you know, to drug addiction. The drug, you know, dealing with drugs is is covering your mind. Uh, you know, is escaping the things that are hurting you. 
It's pain relief. And it may not be a physical pain, but I think some of the emotional scars and hurt that people are going through, hurts of the heart, is, is when, when someone has, you know, been in an act like that, those are very damaging things. And so, you know, a drug or drinking allows you to, you know, to numb those areas for a while, but then afterwards it comes back and then people consider, should I, you know, should I live anymore? Um, and so, you know, I think... It's, it's hard yeah. really quick because like, I, I was yeah, yeah. thinking about my personal mind when I used to drink and use drugs. You're checked out. You're not living in reality. And then finally when you get sober... You know, when I gave my life to God, I was in the place where I was like, okay, I gave my life to Jesus, but I was like, whoa, like reality. Like I had to like after not after being on drugs and alcohol for so long, all of a sudden I had to like reprogram. Thank God I, I had God to reprogram me, the Holy Spirit working in my life. But if think about it, if you don't have Jesus and you're not looking towards the towards the Bible or God to live your life. You're kind of like, okay, well, how do I deal with this? How do I deal with that? What do I, you know, you don't even know how to function. So therefore, suicide or like antidepressants or whatever else, which antidepressants, depressants just put you in the clouds as well. Yeah. So yeah. they don't even know how to deal. That's, no. that's the problem where these kids are, like you're saying. We, they drug our kids, you know, either through prescriptions and it, it doesn't deal with the issue. All it does is, is put a Band-Aid over it for, you know, for a short period of time. And then unfortunately, you know, these kids are, you know, I see the parents, they, you know, when they go on the retreats and stuff, oh, make sure they take this pill, it will keep them calm and take this pill. And, and this is how they're coping. Listen, the, the, the thing that they need in their life is they need to know that there's a God who loves them, number one. Number two, that they were created for purpose, that they are loved. Mm -hmm. They absolutely make a difference. If, if you were not here, uh, you know, you, you would absolutely be missed. Mm -hmm. you, you were, um, they need to know that God will forgive all of the things that either they did or have happened to them mm -hmm. that, that maybe they were abused. And, and that's big. Yeah. Abused, molested. And, and, and to, to de when something's been done to you and you can't tell anybody about it out of shame, embarrassment, or what are people going to think, you got to carry that for, for, you know, growing up as, as a little boy in the household. I went through some abuse and mm -hmm. not being able to talk about those things um, is maddening. You know, it's, it's, it's anger. It's things that uh, it, it, it affects who you are. And when I came to Christ, uh, knowing that God forgave me, knowing what, you know, why, one of the biggest questions I had is why was my family, why did I have to be in the family that would be abusive, that would be uh, divorced, um, that you had a lot of yeah. whys. Why? And yeah. so what kind of God does this? And and so I blamed God. It's God's fault. They have to blame somebody. Mm -hmm. uh, so I blame God. But, you know, once I came to, to Christ, I realized th the problem wasn't God. God came to solve the problem because my mother and father didn't really know the Lord at all. Mm -hmm. They were hurting. They were angry. They were broken. You know, they had their own histories. And I realized they were people who, who needed the Lord in their lives. And had they known the Lord, how different our lives would have been. And so um, I realized the, a, a perspective now that, you know, why Jesus came. And listen, that I didn't have to turn out like my parents. God had a plan for me. And listen, years, uh, four years ago on Mother's Day, I shared my faith with my mother. And for years she had said no, but four years ago on Mother's Day, my mo I told my mother, 
you know, I, I struggled with unforgiveness for, yeah. for a long time. I bet, yep. And for me to tell my mom, I forgive you for everything you've done. I understand. I know you did the best that you could. That, uh, you know, and, and we have an odd relationship, but it's, uh, it's because, you know, I'm, in a sense, more the adult yeah, yeah, of where right. she is. And yeah, yeah. so, but to tell her I forgive you and I love you and, um, and the reason why is because of what Christ did. And I understand what happened in your life. Do you know what that meant to her? My mother received Jesus as her Lord and Savior. That's insane. You know, and um, I don't know my father, but um, just to be able to tell her that and really mean mean that is, uh, and you know what, if, if you're a young person or however old you are out there and Jesus, you know, wants to help you in your family situation. If you're, you're angry, um, I hope through this program and through God's word that you understand the big picture and you understand why God came. God came, he's not to blame, but he came to help and to resolve and to forgive and to bring people through those situations in their lives. And it comes down to where you have to throw up your white flag. You just have to surrender Yeah. so God can move. Jesus says, knock and the door will be open. Seeking you will find, seeking you will find knock and the door will be open. You have to f- go after him. You know, in Matthew 7, you know, one of my favorite passages, it talks about when Jesus was at the climax of the festival, he got up and said, you know, come to me, all you, or not come to me, all you weary. Come to me. Uh, all of you that are thirsty may come to yes. me. And all you that are thirst may may have. Yes. And he says, I will give you torrents of living water. And basically what he's saying is like everyone that is thirsts for a relationship, God may come to him. And if you believe, everyone that believes in him may have this relationship. So it just comes down to where you guys say, God, I believe you died on the cross and you raised on the third day. And I thank you for forgiving me for my sins. And he'll cleanse you right there on the spot. He'll wash you white as snow. He'll grab your sins, throw them as far as the east is to the west and bury them in the deepest part of the ocean. And he'll never bring them up again. And from that point on, then you read, you pray, you get plugged into a church and God will start working supernaturally in your life. And he'll start healing those, that brokenness and those addictions or whatever is going, whatever the issues are. We'll just lump them all together. He'll start working those out and he'll start speaking to you and he'll give you that new life. And he'll start transforming your heart, transforming your mind day in and day out. And it's one step at a time. I tell people when they give their life to God, because sometimes they're like, they treat Jesus like a genie. Yeah. Well, I gave my life to Jesus and guess what? Yeah. I'm losing my car. I don't have a job. My wife's going to leave me. I'm like, dude, you've been cheating on your wife for how long? You haven't had a job. You've been using drugs. Jesus is not a genie. He doesn't work like that, even though he could do that if he wants. But m- most likely, he's gonna. You're gonna have to. It's gonna be one step at a time. You got to take those baby uh, steps with Jesus. You know. You know what? What does a baby do? He doesn't just get on a bike and and ride away. Or what did I say? What does yeah. a baby do? Yeah, he doesn't get on a bike and just ride away. First, I have babies right now. What happens is first they don't even move. They're just laying on their back. Then the next step is they they get on their hands. They start moving around. Yeah. Then they start crawling and then they get up try to walk they fall over and it's this whole process they start walking and they work start in running. progress it's a work it's just but it takes a while yeah it takes a while i mean i gave my life to the lord nine years ago and you know i mean i was watching porn for the first six months of my walk because mm-hmm. yeah. i was like dude i'm not getting rid of that yep. I'm so, i'll stop mm-hmm. sleeping with the girls I'm not god delivered me from drugs and alcohol my cussing went away i don't know a couple days later but, um, you know, there's all these these different things that I had, like anger that God's still working on. But it's a work in, in progress. progress. Yep. And work the key is, is keep progressing. 
And how do you progress, Nathan? You know, you progress. Uh, there's a, a verse in Romans 8, uh, 8 uh, verse 1 that says, There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And what that means is, you know what, we are learning. We are being, as Ryan was sharing, transformed and renewed in our mind. And so it's important for us to to be in the Word because the Word of God teaches us what we are supposed to be. And the Holy Spirit gives us the power to, He's the one who does the work that transforms our lives. And so, each and every day as we spend time with the Lord through prayer, through the Word of God, hey, if you're listening to, to this radio program or you're listening to other Christian radio programs that are, are building you up, all of the good things that are going into your life are things that are, are spiritually nourishing you so that you can grow. Hanging out with the right people that are going to build you up instead of bring you down is also important. And so does it mean that you may have some new friends Absolutely. And it also may mean that you may be, God may use you to to influence and help your friends that are really lost and are really hurting right now as well. But just remember, we're a work in progress. You know, we'll take three steps forward. Sometimes we'll stumble, but God will use our stumbling blocks as stepping stones as long as we continue to step. There's a couple of things I want to drill in. When you give your life to God, you must read. There's a lot of people that basically give their life to God. They they go, oh, Jesus, come into my life. They don't go to church. They don't read. And therefore, they don't grow in the relationship. A relationship with someone works. Like my, me and you, our relationship, we're talking back and forth. There's good. I talk, you talk, I listen, we, you listen. That's a relationship. When we read, we're hearing God speak to us. And then we pray and talk back to God. And then we wait and listen. And he speaks to us. And that's the way the relationship works. How are you going to live out this, this Christian faith? How are you going to live out what... Do what God wants you to do, and nobody wants you to do if you're not reading the Bible. It says that the Word became flesh. That means Jesus, the Word of God, came out of heaven and became flesh. The Word of God is Jesus Christ. So when you're reading it from Genesis to Revelations, this is His Word. This is what transforms you. Saying a prayer once and then going on with your life is not going to change you. Yeah. It's a relationship. It is. You know, it's just, it's, you know, for those of us who, um, if, you, if you're dating or you think maybe you're married at this point, um, dating is all about getting to know the person, spending time with the person, growing with the person. And, and it's the same thing. You know, our relationship here on earth, you know, with people is the smaller picture of what we're supposed to have in our relationship with God. And so that's the first relationship. That's what's called the vertical of the cross Mm -hmm. is our connection to God. And the horizontal of the cross is all of the people that are in our lives that are on that foundation, that love foundation that we have with the Lord. Now we can love those people. We can live with those people. We can work with those people through their situations in their life because we're founded. We're on a, on a good foundation. And so, you know, invest in that foundation, you know, so that you have something to stand upon in your life. I thought about that verse when you said that, you know, the vertical and the horizontal. Love the Lord God with all your heart, yeah, mind, soul, so. and strength. Yeah. Love your neighbor as yourself. That is sick. It is sick. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, man. We got another 12 minutes. Let's keep talking about Jesus. What else? Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, just, you know, I think that, you know, we're, we're looking right now at, you know, the state of our world. Yeah. And people may say, well, why, you know, what's the urgency? And, you know, Ryan and I were talking just a little bit earlier about the state of the world. And, 
regardless of whether you believe in the Bible or not, it is crystal clear that we are in some incredible times, um, and there are some huge concerns about our world. Um, we find right now that uh, we have Israel, Russia, Iran, Turkey. You know, nations are at war. With Iran, we have Iran with nuclear capability right now that are firing rockets. We have a transition of a presidency here in the United States. Um, we have some technology that, that I know you were telling me about before, about a one-world economy. Mm-hmm. And things are extremely uncertain. And things that the Bible has spoken about are now forefront. Um, and so things, you know, you know, as far as people living right now, immorality in the, in the sense of when I say immorality, it means that people are, are lost. People are hurting. It, it's not a, I'm not looking to condemn anybody by any means, yeah. but it is that people are so lost and hurting and are so confused in life right now Confusion. more than any other time yeah. right now. More people doing drugs and alcohol and, and living uh, in such a hurting life that people are in despair, you know, in great numbers. Marriages are in great trouble. Um, that these are days right now, listen, the time could be very short. You know, in reality, we have Russia. I don't know if people know this, but Russia yeah, tell me. Had, had warships. 30 miles off of Connecticut, where, where I travel. Yes, and Virginia. We've had, when was this? This is uh, about two to three weeks ago. If you look it up in the news. 30? 30 miles off, off the shore of Connecticut was Russian warships. And Dude, Virginia. Dude, that is gnarly. I, yep. I didn't, I'm in the news all the time. I didn't yep. even hear about that. And we've had uh, Soviet aircraft, f- Russian aircraft, yeah, I've heard that. flying over U.S. warships, uh, instigating. We have uh, Russian troops in Syria. We're in Syria right now. We're all mm-hmm. fighting. Mm-hmm. Things are very intense. And so Jesus says that these are the signs of the times. These mm-hmm. are the signs that there's going to be, the, uh, you know, wars, rumors of wars, pests, all these things are happening. They're before us right now. So these are times to really consider, hey, you know, um, with all of the things that are going on, listen, God wants you to be saved. Scripture says that God is willing that none should perish, but all should come to repentance. And mm-hmm. this is the most important message that you, that, you'll, that you need to hear in your life right now. This is the good news. For God so loved the world mm-hmm. that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. These are not like depressing times for me. These are the most exciting times to be living in right now. We're seeing the Bible come to life more than ever. Obviously we're seeing prophecies being fulfilled, but now even with all the last day stuff, I've always, yes. I've always loved it. My dad's always taught last day stuff. And, and so I've hear a lot of it, but uh, just seeing it's going down, yeah, it's going down. It's like exciting. It's going, it's not, mm-hmm. I'm not scared at all. I'm like, Dude, what's next? And then you got Kim Jun. Was that his name? The Korean uh, yes. Kim Chi man over there. Yep. He's he's getting crazy over there with his nukes and stuff. Yep. And, I mean, it's like we're right in the middle of it all. So I'm just like, dude, God, what are you gonna do? Well, this is what I do know. I know that the King is coming. Yeah, Jesus is coming again to get yeah. His church. So for me, I got this burden. I got this passion that I want to reach as many people as possible. We got to give. We got to preach the cross. This generation is open to it, like I said. And not only that, maybe if not all of them get saved, we're we're, we're farmers. We're throwing the seeds out, and there's going to be many tribulation saints. Yes. Think about this. Yeah. These people that were these kids and just people that we're witnessing to right now. These are the future tribulation saints. Yes. Because when all hell breaks out, they're going to remember that Jesus came to get his church, and they're going to remember what we told them, and then they're the ones. 
that yes. are going to that are going to be preaching the yeah. gospel in the tribulation. Dude, it's going to get wild. But right now, yeah. right now we have to take full advantage as pastors, as leaders, the church at large, we need to use every opportunity. Yes. I, th- I, heard, I think it was in Ephesians that talks about this. Use every opportunity yep. to, to reach yes. as many people as possible. Yes. Yeah, there's there's a lot of people right now that are are you know, are going down and and this is the time, you know, for you know, this is the time for you know, for for the message of the gospel of of the good news um to go forth and you know, I couldn't agree with you more that there is an urgency right now. You know, we are losing right now. You know, this is a, this is a battle um, of good and evil, and there is a devil who's working overtime, who is bringing depression, and you're worthless. And listen, I, I know uh, people who are struggling with depression. We have about I go a minute that, left. Yeah, are, are going through all this stuff, and so um, there is this there is this battle, and you know, we have the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who can deliver you from these situations. You know, these are times for every leader to engage and to be involved and to be reaching out. Now it's so. What do you think? I made a mistake. I think we have another couple minutes. But um, what do you think about the state of the church right now? Do you think people are all fired up, or do you think people are kind of just lackadaisy? I, you know, I I, pers- I, yeah. I I personally believe that. You know, I feel like the church has been institutionalized. Yes, it's exactly it, how I feel. I feel like the church has become a business model mm-hmm. and not the Book of Acts. And so I, I see the church today as a lukewarm church. Mm-hmm. It's more about numbers and buildings and filling. And we'll give them whatever message we need to give them as positive as we can with whatever lifestyle. And and so people come in and they feel good, but they do not understand that nobody's talking about the end times. Um, it, people are not engaged, uh, you know, in, in praying for their, what's the next program? What's the next flyer circular? What's the next, what are we going to do with the next potluck? How about the men's group? How about this? And I'm like, dude, how about crumpets and tea? You have all these ministries, all yeah. this stuff going on. Make sure the building's good. Make sure that we got the lights. Make sure we got the fog. Did you get the fog machine? <laughs> oh, we didn't get the fog machine. What are we going to do? And then a lot of these pastors, I've seen a lot of these young pastors become motivational speakers. Yes, yes. Dude, exactly. it's crazy. Yeah. When, when you're actually out, for me, I'm out in the culture. I'm, yes, I'm, bar- I'm barely in the church. Yep. I only come into the church to teach and yep. do the radio show. That's about it. Besides that, I'm in culture. And when I'm hearing these people, what they're going through, yep. I'm like, and then I see the church. I'm like, dude, these guys are out to lunch. Yep. Yeah, the church, well, the church is definitely asleep. Well, look at man. That's that's about it for this show. Look at man. If you guys want to follow the whosoever's, buy some product or the whosoever's If you want to get behind us to uh, to go to these high schools and give the gospel out, you could donate at the whosoever's If you believe in our mission, we are hell bent to reach the youth. The King is coming. If you want to get more archives, you could go to uh, Ryan Reese I have my Shine Bible studies, um, the the radio archive. You can get all the past shows. I mean, everything. That, I mean, pretty much we talk about anything on this show. We take listener calls normally too, or sometimes I'll interview guests. We'll have like musicians in. I'll have I had these uh, these these missionaries a couple weeks ago from. Uh, oh man, they were from Africa. I don't want to mess up the place where they were from, but they were from Africa, and they do they're living in like this village, and they said that literally like bugs will like come into the huts at night and do like crazy stuff. I mean, wild. Given the gospel, God's doing revival out there, but the living conditions is crazy. I mean. I think that's more hardcore than anything else yeah, living out there and for sure in Africa. <laughs> I mean, we're here in America and we're like, it's crazy, man. I'm like, 
These guys have to go, like, fetch water. You know yeah. what I mean? Crazy times. I love you, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. We'll see you guys, or here, we'll be talking to you guys next week. This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese. Hello, this is Dr. Doug Grothuis, host of Truth Tribe, where we seek the truth through reason and evidence about what matters most. And we are not tribal since truth is for everyone. Please join me at the Truth Tribe as I discuss the reasons for Christian faith, the Christian worldview, and moral issues such as abortion and gender ideology. To listen now, go to lifeaudio.com or search Truth Tribe on your favorite podcast app.